we're gonna kick this off and uh our friends on the show get to hear making my life challenging yeah that that is at least an extra 30 minutes of editing time for the show i can bottle clink a little bit i am drinking my wife's red claw so white claw it's <laughs> red <razz-berry>. claw berry <laughs> red claw yes this is going swimmingly already <laughs> you might be swimming keep yes, up those red claws extra 45 minutes of podcast editing though <laughs> awesome what made us decide to drink during this episode again i don't know you honestly i i succumbed to peer pressure you said that you're gonna drink during the show so i was like yeah i guess i'll drink because you cracked it open before we started recording like well we got to get that sound so <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's later than normal um it's all it takes folks yeah so far in our long storied podcast endeavor um on our third episode now we're recording at a different time of the day we're recording after work instead of on a sunday at 2 p.m so um yeah so we i am fresh not fresh from work but definitely uh enjoying life that is to say the least yes and on a friday (laughs) no less on a friday the 13th no less on a friday the 13th talking about apple yeah this is this is exciting. This is active discourse. Isn't that a great segue? I'm your Apple co-host, Brett. And with me, as always, is my buddy, Bo. And I was drawn here by the sweet smell of fruits. <laughs> Raspberry. Raspberry red claw. Yeah, red claw. <laughs> Made I'm from apples. Down. I am doubling yeah. down on that today. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, since this podcast kind of, oh, it takes a lot of inspiration from Relay FM um, and the Accidental Tech Podcast, uh, I follow the Syracusean rule of follow-up happens first and following up from our last episode. I think I very briefly talked about the difference between Apple Keynotes and Samsung Keynotes. And, you know, uh, we're talking about Apple today, and I got to watch an Apple keynote this last week. And I think I have kind of answered my question that both this most recent event and the Samsung event are ultra scripted. It is, it was actually, this last, this last Apple event was actually kind of painful to watch. I did not like really watching it at all. It felt very out of the, it felt a little out of the ordinary. It was ultra scripted down to the point where the presenters were saying words based off of where their feet were on the stage. And that makes sense if you're watching a play or whatnot. But yeah, in a hyperbolic way, it was kind of like the episode of The Office where Dwight Schrute is giving a speech to a bunch of other salespeople and he's doing the gestures, but he's they're like off timed. Yeah. <laughs> with his. Yeah. With his voice (laughs) yeah so it's ultra scripted and i think that that is the difference because in in general so wwdc this last year it was mostly people on stage who were apple executives for a very long time most of the stage time at wwdc was taken up by craig federighi he's been doing this for a long time and he's just a natural 
he has a natural stage presence. He he flows. He ad libs. He has topics that he needs to talk about. He knows what he needs to say, but he doesn't memorize the exact words. He just knows how he needs to get there. That's how yeah. I'm talking right now. It's seems natural, right? Because I'm not reading off of a script. No, we wrote all of this beforehand. <laughs> there are some podcasts that do that, and I find that a little <laughs> off putting. But no, no one p- specific presenter I want to you know put down all of them felt pretty unnatural uh, pretty awkward it seems like this might have been their first time doing this and that just felt like almost every single presenter at the samsung keynote minus the ceo of the company and it really struck home because phil schiller closed out the apple event and I would imagine if you found this show, you know who Phil Schiller is, but just the curtains. He uh, was an executive under Steve Jobs for like, you know, 20 years, you know. He's been an executive long, long time. One of his first presentations was, I think, in the 90s when Apple was like 90 days from going bankrupt. So he's been doing this for a long time and he learned from Steve Jobs. It's going to be hard to get another Phil. And he was... He did the presentation on the iPhone 11 Pro, and he was talking fast. He was using complex words. He came up with witty remarks that actually got a crowd response. Every, just, everything seemed natural. He's a pretty natural guy. He's very good at this, but I also don't think he was reading from a script either. So, hard to find another film. I could see it going both ways. I mean, um, the comedians write their jokes. Mm-hmm. Some of them fail, but they do write jokes. And so just thinking that something went over well means it's written is, I, I don't know that that's the case, but I I don't know. It's hard for me to be impressed by any presentation. It takes a lot for me to be watching a keynote and think, wow, yeah, these people are, are doing great. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of them are just, ah, oh, great. Another couple buzzwords. <laughs> great. <laughs> Uh, videos, videos, music. Yes, there's the phone. We have to get you seeing a event for a product that you actually want to buy because the iPhone 10 event a couple years ago in 2017, I remember that was a very strong event. They had a very easy product to sell. The iPhone 10 was the most unique iPhone we've had in probably a decade, honestly, at that point. Yeah, a lot of content. Yeah, a lot of content, a lot of good content, and it's easy to you know it's easy to sell something that just sells itself. I I hope that you know the S11, if that's on deck for you to get. I guess it's a lot to ask Samsung to put on a good event, but <laughs> you know you might be more interested in it if you're going to buy the phone. Yes, so if if the S, I will watch the S11 presentation, and and maybe that'll be the one. Maybe that'll spark some magic. Um, I'll watch it too. Do you remember the, in our last episode we talked about when we were talking about Samsung's presentation um, for I the do. Note 10? And I mentioned uh, the S4 when that event yes. happened quite a few yes. years ago. Yes, where they did a, a song and dance about it, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, it was some kind of play or musical. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know how much faith I have. No. But I give them all the best. 
Good luck. You know, really, I think maybe Samsung, the S11, might not be what we can expect from them uh, for putting on a good event. But I think that Sony might be able to put on a good event for the PlayStation 5. I think they will, yeah. I'll probably yeah. be very excited for that one. Yeah, so that's the feeling that you know I got with the iPhone 10 a couple years ago. And that's generally the feeling I get about Apple events, that it's they, they have... Even if they have a, a nothing burger, they can still put on a good song and dance about it. Yeah, that that might be the last moment where I had a lot of excitement during a presentation was one of Sony's clips for the yeah. PlayStation 4 when uh, they were announcing how used games would work. Oh, and God. they just passed a game from one person to another. It was like a three-second clip. <laughs> and... Uh huh. Yeah, and it was all the uproar at the time about the the Xbox uh, controversial used games and always online. That's why I'm cringing. Yep, that was just a huge opportunity for Sony, and they nailed it. And so that yeah. was that was very <laughs> amusing at the time, and and that got me kind of stoked for for the PlayStation Four. So yeah, I I could see the the PlayStation Five doing the same. So before we get into apples today uh i have an announcement to make on air which i haven't told you yet well boy oh boy what do you got yes i have decided officially and i've started fundraising for a galaxy tab s6 okay yes that's why i was selling my old tablet and phone your nexus 7 yeah and I had an S4 laying around, so started selling some old devices and <laughs> really yeah. finding the pennies in the couch there. Okay, right? Yeah, I got <laughs> tens of dollars already. <laughs> great, great. Well, you're joining the tablet race. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I w- we won't talk too much about that. I don't want to take away from the topic of the day, but it's it's on the roadmap. I'll be getting that soon. Soon, as in 2019, still. Yes. Okay. Great. Uh, let's talk about that in October then, I guess, huh? Yeah. All right. We'll fit it in there. All right. Cool. We have a, we had a lot of follow up there and that is all within tradition within a podcast network that we are not on, but <laughs> happy to follow the tradition. So it's the natural starting point of every podcast. Clear the decks, start fresh. So starting fresh now, we're going to introduce the segment and the segment is all about the Apple event. Uh, and so... Uh, just like the Note 10 event last month, we aren't going to dig into the, all the nitty-gritty details of the exact event, other than you know what we just talked about, which is how the presenters walked on stage and talked, whatever. We're not going to dig too much more into all the nitty-gritties. I'm not really intending to talk too much about all the different Apple Watch bands, whatever. You get the idea. Um, yeah. I'm gonna... if, you're, if you're here to learn about all the new things, then this is not the right place. We, we may miss some things that are new just because they didn't surprise us or don't come up. It's This is really more about what we were surprised about or really interested in in the new release. We're not going to dig into all the new things that Apple added into their devices or services. Exactly. So if you want that, uh, I have listened to several podcasts over the last week. I think that the best one that you can check out about this event is the upgrade podcast on relay FM from this last week, the week of nine, what is it? Nine, nine. Um, check them out. Uh, they did a great job talking about the whole event. Uh, I get obviously a lot of inspiration from them. So 
Uh, feel free to check them out if you haven't already, because I don't know how you haven't. They're very popular. So uh, we're going to talk about the three things that surprised us. And I think it's I can't remember whether or not uh, the host goes first or if the host is a good host and lets the guest go first. Do I you think, have a strong opinion? I think during our Samsung S or, uh, Note 10 of uh, podcast, you went first so okay. maybe i should go first it's only time. it's only polite to have the guest on the show go yeah. first i guess go I ahead you're right yeah even <laughs> though you're the you're the co-host and you're not really a guest you know you're <laughs> <laughs> i'm here to stay baby you're here to stay exactly so go ahead Bo. what was the first thing that surprised you i was surprised about the actual depth of apple's devotion or depravity toward mm. photography because, man, it seems like this phone really went all in. They got a total of four cameras split ac- across front and back. So three on the back, one on the front. Yes. And that triptych of cameras on the backside is stirring things. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it looks odd, but at the same time, it looks powerful. So I'm not sure how to feel about it. Aesthetically, yeah. I really don't think I like it, like knee-jerk reaction. Um, but it looks like it's going to take some great photos. I mean, it's got what? It's got telephoto and a wide lens, mm-hmm. and, and ultra wide, um, ultra wide, and then the depth sensing across the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. The only thing, yeah, it, it, the only thing is it didn't have. OIS. Okay, so you noticed that too. That actually took me yeah. a moment or two to notice. Uh, so real quick though, what was your depravity? You said devotion or <laughs> depravity. Why depravity? I just feel like maybe it's... I don't want to say it's too much because it's it's great they're, they're putting so much into the abilities of photography on their devices, but those are three huge lenses and the way they're arranged is... Scaring oh. people. So you just don't like how it's arranged, and that's the depravity aspect of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not, I don't think they're actually depraved for doing yeah. what they're doing yeah. with their cameras. It's just, yeah. yeah. The, it's kind of funny. The square bump is ugly. Uh, I Yeah. It's like multiple raised bumps now, like with the bump and then the camera lenses. Yeah. Yeah. It's very strange. Uh, I was really, really hoping this latest round of rumors where the glass back wasn't like black like a a lot of the early rumors indicated that it'd be like a nice large black square and it just kind of hid all the cameras in there and that was really popular for a while and then up in the last month or so that black square went away and it just left three camera bumps and i I, in my in my mind, while I was reading these rumors over the last month, I was like, "There's no way they got rid of the black square. They sh- they should hide those cameras somehow, a little bit at least. Make let the square do the hiding. You know, that's I can get used to that. But yeah. alas, it's not real. It it's a little ugly, but it's powerful. It's definitely striking. Definitely one of the things that Apple does every single year is they need to make their iPhone scream out to anyone who sees your phone, hey, I have the latest iPhone, and this does it. It definitely does it. 
Yeah, because I don't think there's anything else that looks quite like that. I'm not aware of anything that has... Yeah, not yet, anyway. ...such large... A large array of camera lenses on the back of it. Yeah, and what really makes me wonder is why they didn't do the arrangement that the Note 10 has, where it's just a long strip of cameras. Yeah. I like that, but it must yeah. have something to do with like depth sensing, because obviously all the cameras are closer together, and if they're doing the stereoscopic, I would imagine the cameras should be closer together, but I don't know. I don't know. So I'm sure the arrangement has to do with something scientific. I'll give them yeah, we'll give them that. benefit of the doubt in terms of that. There's a lot of smart people at Apple. Yeah. Okay. So you also mentioned the lack of OIS. The lack of OIS in ultra-wide, um, well, that's too bad. It also has a lower f-stop. It's, it's not going to drink in as much light as the rest on the ultra-wide, whereas the normal-wide and the telephoto both have OIS and they both have... I think the telephoto has an f2.0 and the wide has an f1.8 and both of them are going to take in a ton more light and that should allow for less noisy shots. I suppose for the ultra wide the OIS is less important because you'd be taking more of landscape kind of shots. I don't know. I I, I don't know my use of ultra wide. I love the inclusion of ultra wide that is absolutely fantastic ultra wide is a great angle for photos but i don't know um i i'm, I'm nervous about the lack of oas and lower f-stop so but it'll take great photos i'm really looking forward to seeing what they what the cameras are capable of I'm sure that'll be great mm-hmm. so your your number one surprise number one surprise is a cheaper new model iphone that is also the one that Apple is saying, buy this one. So rather than being a lesser model, it's the base model with a bigger brother. Yeah, the the 10R wasn't completely clear. That you know, that's what they were trying to say last year. Buy the 10R. It is the phone for everyone, and obviously it succeeded because Tim Cook did say at the very beginning of the keynote saying the 10R is the most popular iPhone they've sold in a long time. And that makes sense. It's a, it's a great iPhone, uh, but it still never avoided the concept of, oh, you're buying the lesser phone. Like I always talk to a, a variety of folks over the last couple over the last year, and they're saying, I don't know if I should buy. I should splurge and get that 10s, and I sh- I don't sh- I shouldn't get the 10r. And I think by them calling it the iPhone 11, that will completely quell that thought process. Yeah. I can agree with that. Uh, it's it happened with the iPad, the standard iPad, when they announced the new iPad, which we probably won't talk too much about today. But when they announced the standard new iPad today, they talked about how by far the 329 iPad, which is the cheapest iPad available, uh, was the best selling iPad of pretty much all time, and that's because it doesn't have pro in its name it's a cheap device that anyone can get into it's approachable it's the default it's the default and it's cheaper it's seven it's fifty dollars cheaper than it was last year that is uncommon for apple these days in general they're just increasing their prices so i'm happy to see that they dropped it down to 700 all right what's your next uh number two uh tv plus reasonably priced it's five dollars a month Mm -hmm. i was fairly surprised about that there's possibly a small amount of content at the start but 
that being said, I'm already interested in a couple of the offerings. They, I don't know that they'll be great, but they have a lot of potential. Um, mostly the morning show, mm-hmm. which is uh, Steve Carell, Jennifer Aniston, um, and C with Jason Momoa. Mm-hmm. They look like they have a lot of potential to be good shows. And so I I think that that combined with the fairly low price means that I might check it out, especially since they're, uh, the service is going to be pretty open and it's going to support uh, other streaming sticks and devices and not just be Apple TV, iPad, uh, Mac exclusive. Yeah. Yeah, they're making a good move here. The, uh, to your most recent point, that they're pretty open and they're trying to get onto every single possible platform. That's that's great. That means that they essentially don't need to sell a cheap Apple TV stick. Uh, they can just say, "Hey, your Samsung TV, your LG TV, all have access to Apple TV." So it yeah. goes wherever you go. That's it, it's smart. smart in terms of the service. Yeah. It's, you want to if you want to get that in in as many hands as possible. You want right. to support as many devices as possible. Right. So it, it's the Netflix model. Right. Like yeah. Netflix doesn't want to have their numbers hindered because they're not on the right platform. Yeah, that's the Netflix model. It's a good one. Um, Five dollars a month also just makes a ton of sense. They Disney really really messed stuff up uh, with their pricing and. We haven't even seen it all get messed up yet. They haven't even launched yet, and I'm just I'm nervous about it. But Disney price is cheap as hell. It's like half the price of Netflix at 4K. If you want to get 4K streaming, you need to pay Netflix twice as much. And Disney obviously has a load of content, and they're selling at half the price. Huge. It's I, I'm excited about it. I look forward to trying it. I'm not going to give up Netflix because of the fact that I think that Netflix is by far my favorite player in this game. But that said, like the Disney price is just too cheap to ignore. I, I, I'm not going to give up Netflix. And I know for a fact also that as soon as Disney gains like market dominance, they're going to raise their price. There's no way that cheap entry price is going to stay around i guarantee no doubt in my mind right with the amount of content that they have yeah like forget current stuff like last five years right the vault that they have yeah with movies going back 50 years yeah it's it's just ridiculous that that price isn't staying around there's no question about it it's just a matter of when and however soon disney kind of knocks off their competition and they can feel confident enough to raise their price it's going to happen and if apple is strong enough it should happen to apple too but they just have i mean they have no content they they haven't launched a single show yet pushing six things yeah and it's on their site and that's fine, honestly. Like, they, they don't have a product yet. And so they can't come in demanding $10, $15 a month that Netflix does because they have a giant, giant uh, catalog of product. Whereas Apple, they're going to launch with, like, what, six shows or so? And that's fine. So they need to price it accordingly, and this is good. So Here's a, here's a question that I'm not sure about. Is TV Plus from Apple specifically for originals or will there be licensed um content on there as well as of now it is only originals it's only originals yes every every product that or every show that launches it's going to say 
an Apple original on it. So whether or not some other studio actually owns the rights, I don't know that. But, right, but uh, distributed yeah. or more whatnot by by Apple. Exactly. Exclusively Apple and paid for essentially by Apple as well. Uh, so my next surprise is the extreme battery life updates to the specifically the 11 pro and the 11 pro max god i hate that name and i have to say it for so much longer <laughs> it's a horrible name <sighs> man they're they're really getting close to some of the other manufacturers like in the android world it sounds like a protein drink <laughs> I didn't make that joke. Mike Hurley on the Upgrade podcast made that joke, but I totally agree with him. It sounds like a protein <laughs> shake. It does. <laughs> anyway, so four, four hours more for the iPhone 11 Pro over the 10s, and five extra hours for the 11 Pro Max over the 10s Max. And I hate that name too. Oh, God, they're terrible at naming things. Four or five hours more longer. That, I... Now, this is partially uh, because the the chip is more efficient. Holy crap, yeah. Uh But the battery also actually is a little bit bigger, yes? It is bigger. Because this is the first time since the iPhone 6 that the phone has gotten thicker. No, it's gotten thicker every year since the 6. thinner. Every single year it's gotten thicker since the 6. It's just, this is... It's thinner every year since the 6. (laughs) <laughs> the success the success was thicker than the six the seven might have been thinner slightly than the six s but the eight was thicker the 10 was thicker the eight and 10 came out at the same time the 10 s was probably roughly the same and this is thicker than the 10 s so this uh by okay. i you can do the you can do the web if you want but yeah this it is thicker this is actually kind of standard over the last couple of years okay yeah that's actually good to hear because i was thinking they were getting thinner and i'm very pleased to hear that that's not the case mm-hmm. because nobody's like yeah i want like a really thin phone <laughs> yeah it the, it's it's always better to have more battery so a thicker yes. phone isn't going to hurt anything and i think so it, it does have a bigger battery we don't know the exact size of the battery we have rumors but uh Within the next week or two, the uh, iFixit guys will tear it down. They'll tell us exactly how much bigger it is. But I also do yeah. believe that the A13 chip is definitely doing a lot of the heavy lifting for the battery savings as well. The, they had an incredible chip guy come up, and it looked like you could just talk to him for hours about what he does and all the crazy things that his department does. He He seemed incredibly knowledgeable. I really liked him a lot. Uh, but yeah, the the A13 is very efficient, and four to five hours more. That's I quite a bit. Honest to God, do not think that we have seen that level of increase ever. I think in general, there Apple is kind of saying you know you get the same all day battery life that you're used to getting, or you get an extra hour of battery. But that's an extra hour, an extra four to five hours. That's half of a working shift. That's a lot of time. Yeah, that's quite a bit. I, I think that's an underappreciated uh, part of increasing battery life is optimization and efficiency. Yeah. 
Uh, it's it's really all about power right now, and how far can we push things. And I I think efficiency maybe has gotten lost along the way. Granted, I'm not a chip engineer. Mm-hmm. I don't dabble in silicone. But I think if this is mostly from efficiency rather than a, just a bigger battery, then that's awesome. I, I'm I'm hopeful to hear if reviewers agree with this assessment that it actually does last forever. Like, go, go to bed and, and the battery life is still at 75%. And you can get through the whole next day without charging it and you charge it once every two days. That's actually, that's, that's, we're getting close to that reality. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so... Uh, what's your next surprise? Number three. The last one. The last one. The lack of an upgrade from the lowly base storage of 64 gigs. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. so small. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but if you want more, you've got to dish out $150 for 256 gigs or $350 more for 512 gigs. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Especially since this phone has four cameras. 4K? Yeah. You're going to suck up that 64 gig like no other. Yeah. Yeah, you, you do. I, I suck up the memory inside my 10 which i mean my 10 has 4k recording as well and i think i've said this on this show already but yeah i went to italy in january took a lot of 4k video and i have like 180 gigabytes of 4k content on my phone and it's insane that 64 gigabytes is the base storage for the iphone pro yes the pro which is <laughs> You know, the equivalent of yeah. a Note 10 Plus. Yes, yes, yes. Which has more base storage, and I don't, I think it was $100 more for 512. Yeah. Yeah, they shouldn't have, Man. they shouldn't have done 64 gigabytes. It should be 128 gigabytes, like the entry storage on their laptops, which drives me nuts. But 128 on a phone is better than 128 on a laptop, but I digress. Yeah, 128 needs to be the default for the phone, for the Pro. <laughs> yeah, and <sighs> I mean, the cost for even upgrading seems so obnoxious to me. That's so much. I, I'm kind of numb to it, honestly. Like, I I paid an extra 150 in 2017 to get a 256-gigabyte iPhone 10. I, I did that. Unfortunately, it was worth every penny because 256-gigabytes is an awesome storage amount. But uh, it's still a lot of money, and I've kind of just become numb to it. So, but 64 gigabytes, I have not become numb to at all. 64 gigabytes, I think it still hurts. The 64 gigabytes <laughs> hurts a lot. It hurts a lot. 64 gigabytes is wrong. So, it's just wrong. <laughs> it's just wrong. Yeah, and bread is spiraling. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Getting back to the whole point of this podcast, this is. Two tech guys coming together to find agreement with each other, basically. I'm on the Apple side. I am on the Apple side. I swear to God, I am. Um, And I have absolutely no desire to change. And you're on the Android side as well. But there are things that Apple does that absolutely drives me nuts. 
you know, I, I, I'm not going to shy away from that. Yeah. No. Blind loyalty never works out for anyone. Mm-hmm. Ask most of the the characters in Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> solid. Okay. <laughs> solid, 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 solid. Okay, so where do we go next? My last surprise that actually you've kind of t- taken, uh, which was aggressively priced services. Um, I guess I'll just quickly say this was kind of expected already, but Apple Arcade, $5 a month. That's pretty good. I'm... Um, looking forward that one i didn't even think about all that much um the the five dollars for uh the move for tv was not rumored they were actually kind of rumored that they were going to be launching at 10 so happy about that uh but so we've already talked about that and so i think that we can kind of just round off this episode honestly with some some analysis really um so let's dig into apple watch uh the always on display for apple watch is I've heard over the last last week the biggest thing that happened at this event, and personally, I I guess I can see other people's point of view for it, but I've never been too concerned with my Apple Watches that I've had and how they light up. I've almost always been able to get it to light up whenever I need it to. It does what I needed it to do, and I don't really care to look at the time very much. I'm actually rarely looking at my Apple Watch to catch the time. I do catch the time on it, but I'm also looking to see, you know, what's the temperature right now? What do I have coming up next? How how am I doing on uh, my activity? I use it to summon Siri a lot. I use my Apple Watch for health features and for extraneous features a lot more than I use it for time. Hang on. Hang on. Yeah. I really like that you used the word summon when referring to Siri. I, okay, so I, I, <laughs> I know you find that funny, but I've listened, I've heard so many podcasts where they say summon Siri that it doesn't really? seem weird to me. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say, like, I'm not going to summon Google Assistant. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. That's what we're doing with her personal assistants. And I'm so. especially not going to summon Bixby. No, I bet not. Just a waste of time. Um, as, for the always on display, I, as someone who has a Samsung Gear S3, mm-hmm. which has always on display, I don't use it. And I also don't have a problem raising my wrist to check it. So you have it turned so, off? Yeah. Oh. I have the option and it's off. Yeah. Does it dim? Yes. And most most watch faces have an always on display mode oh. so that it will switch into that when the watch is inactive oh that's and funny most of them are just like a black background oh know? that's really funny so what apple did with their always on display is not unique at all <laughs> samsung already did that uh i think it is i don't think samsung's implementation has the variable refresh rate oh yeah other than that sure. yeah yeah that's that's cool. that's a kind of a more technical implementation yeah that's pretty cool yeah yeah one hertz refreshing just it gets me giddy because of the fact that everyone talks about you know 120 hertz refreshing and right. and We're apple's trying like to get as low as possible yeah on yeah, yeah we'll we'll match that one hertz when we need it <laughs> awesome <laughs> um so yeah i mean i'll take the always on display and especially if they can do it without the battery hit so I, i'm I'm, hope, I'm looking forward yeah. to what comes next year um it looks like you have something in here about a compass too you're excited about the compass huh i added that yeah interesting I snuck that one in there on you. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> Tell me about why you're excited about the compass, huh? 
Well, uh, so I have a Gear S3, which does not have a compass or a magnetometer, which a compass obviously requires to work. That's science. Yeah. The thing about it is that for navigation or just for compasses, the Gear S3 uses a workaround with the GPS. So nav apps and compasses on the Gear S3 will use the GPS for directionality and navigation. Mm-hmm. But you have to be moving for it to work. Otherwise, the GPS has no idea which way you're going. Yeah. Um, and that's that's for a couple of reasons. Because, one, I'm completely oblivious to which way is north when I'm indoors. And mm-hmm. because it'd just be great for navigation, for walking around if I go downtown or something. Um, or just somewhere new. And, uh, like I said, right now using the GPS, it's just kind of a workaround because if I'm just standing in one place and want to get my bearings, I can't, I have to move to do that. Yep. Yep. So the compass is something that I've wished my gear S three had pretty much since I got it. And and it's not a essential thing. It's not like a required feature. I think it's just something that, man, I I wish it had one, you know? And so it's it's cool to see that the the Series Five Apple Watch has added it. So yeah, I'm interested. So I am not due to upgrade this year. Um, I'll be getting the Series Six next year, and then converting my Series Four into my sleep tracking watch. However, I am hoping Apple makes that decision tough for me because of the fact that uh, next year, if they add on uh, like a sleep tracking specific feature to the Series Six. That is only on the Series 6, doesn't go to the Series 4. Um, that'd make it tough because I would want to use, you know, that feature. And, um, yeah, that would make my Series 4 not be the appropriate watch to use for sleep tracking. So I don't mm. know what I'd do it for that. So, yeah. Two questions. Yes. On sleep tracking, do you find that it's actually useful to you or helps you right now i have never really analyzed the the data so much and i don't take the data that i get from it as empirical this is exactly how i slept i just kind of use it as a metric so i'm looking for basically numbers higher than the previous day um it seems like i've maxed out at about 80 percent quality and recently i got like 40 percent, so that's that's really low typically i'm in like yeah that that was a bad night um typically (laughs) typically i'm in um the 70 the the 70s it's just kind of good to know um yeah and i'm gonna be trying to cross compare some other data points that i have at some point in the future i'm just trying to collect as much data that i absolutely have right now yeah Yeah, i was just kind of wondering because i used my gear s3 for some sleep tracking here and there yeah and um, I don't know. It was interesting, but I didn't, I, I guess, you know, I didn't dive into the data, but it seemed fairly consistent and mm-hmm. I don't know that I gleaned a lot from it. So I haven't really used it much since. Uh, and then number two was, um, because you're, you say you have a series four, mm. you're planning on getting a six. Yes. So do you treat your, is that kind of your update schedule there as well on watches like it is for phones is like roughly two years? Yeah. So my phone is on a three-year cycle. That's my next topic that I want to talk about. But 
I, I believe that the watch technology is young enough to the point where I'm going to want it once every two years. It's not every yeah, year. Maybe it's evolving faster than phones. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, phones have matured pretty well. So, uh, and, and watches obviously have a lot further to go. Um, yeah, my, my watch is on a two year cycle right now. Right on. Um, and I keep the old watch still in rotation as a secondary watch to use for exp- explicitly sleep tracking. So I use my series one, uh, and it is in a very, very specific mode. It has an orange display. It has one app installed on it, which is the sleep tracking app. And uh, it is in theater mode, which means that it doesn't wake up unless I tap the screen to wake up. Um, so, yeah, the Series 1 does a great job with that. Okay, as I briefly alluded to, I'm not getting the iPhone 11 this year. I am, I believe I am on a three-year upgrade cycle. And this is the last leg of the three-year upgrade cycle. I've never gone more than two years with a phone. My iPhone 10 will be that phone that I go longer with than any phone I've ever had in my life. So, Oh, that's a feat. And now I'm going to try to go the next year with it. And I should be able to. I mean, good God almighty, the iPhone 10 is a great phone. It's not slow. It takes fine photos. And it looks exactly like all the new phones today, except it doesn't have that third camera so yeah looks a lot less bug-eyed on the back it does it looks nice oh it's a nice phone i love this phone this is going on my wall of fame <laughs> i just was imagining you holding the phone up to the wall and just putting a railroad spike right through the middle <laughs> this was my greatest phone <laughs> here it shall hang <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, the other phone on that wall is the iPhone 5. That was the iPhone that I bought before I worked at Verizon that actually pretty much got me the job at Verizon, actually, and started me on this cycle that I'm in now. And it also went with my wife to the UK when she went to study abroad, and she needed an international phone, and my iPhone could do that, and so I sent that along with her. So my iPhone 5 not only being an awesome phone uh is also on the wall of fame for a lot of reasons so yeah but excellent it's it's gonna be hard uh i re i rewatched the pro segment this last uh just a couple hours ago and it's gonna be hard this is definitely the hardest part of the year to resist buying a new phone because you know all the all the reality distortion field is out there right now Honestly, I think the cameras right now are the only thing that would be tempting and, if I had yeah. a previous iPhone. Yeah, that's what it, that's what would do it. Everything else looks pretty much identical. It looks and yeah. feels exactly like it. Next year, we should get a slightly revised iPhone. And so by January, the 2020 rumors are going to basically start up in January. I, I do expect to see some very, very early rumors in November. But, you know, January is the beginning of rumor season for... 2020 iPhones and that will make things a lot easier but until then with all the different sales that are going to go on and reviews coming out and my favorite podcasters talking about how much they love the iPhone 11 Pro all I have to remember is next year they're going to love the iPhone whatever whatever crazy name comes out yes they're going to love that better so it's gonna be hard though (laughs) it's gonna be hard especially when you get a new phone too that's gonna be really hard too you're gonna get an (laughs) S11 
and we're gonna talk about your S11. And we're like, oh, I guess I'll just wait till September to get my new phone. <laughs> you know, I w- I was thinking maybe I would do three years with my S9, but now I'm thinking I'm just gonna get the S11 to taunt you. You could do that. <laughs> you could do that. Plus, we gotta have something to talk about, right? Oh, I'm sure. Don't worry. We're gonna. I'm gonna buy stuff. So don't worry. We're gonna have stuff. You're gonna get your tablet too. So we'll have a whole episode about that because it will have been seven or eight years between tablets for me. Not necessarily in usage because I did have that tablet. You don't use your Nexus Seven right now, do you? Yeah, almost never. Yeah, I haven't I even pulled. Well, I didn't even pull it out of the drawer for years. Basically, until we talked about it like this last summer. Yeah. Yeah. And that, so that's a 2012 device, obviously. And so going then to a 2019 much higher level device will be interesting. I think I'll have a lot of insights. Yeah. That'll be fun. (laughs) All right. So uh, wrapping up the Apple event, there are just real quick, I have to mention it. There are a few things missing from this event. Uh, there was no services bundle. There were hardly any extraneous products launched either. I, I was halfway expecting at least some kind of like processor upgrade to the home pod. It's running an app, uh, Apple A8 processor for perspective. The A8 processor. So is that five generations given the numbers? That was in the iPhone 6. The iPhone 6 is no longer supported by iOS 13. It was last supported in mm. iOS 12, so obviously this last year, but, you know, it, it's not supported anymore. Uh, they're not, the only product that the A8, I believe, is in is in the the HomePod, and I believe it's also in the Apple H, the Apple TV HD, and they just need to get rid of that damn thing. They got rid of the Apple, the iPod, the iPad mini, they got rid of that, they got rid of the iPod Touch this year that had the A8. Both of those have been updated to have, I believe, both, they have the A12. No, the mini has the A12 and the iPod has the A10. So they they need to update it at least a little bit. Maybe the A10 or something. Yeah. It's crazy to me that they didn't update it. I imagine the it'll be coming HomePod. then, but it took them a long time to uh, to update the Mac mini. It did take them a long time to update the Mac mini, and I hope they don't keep that trend because I want to buy a new Mac mini. Um, <laughs> I, based on how the gap between the current Mac mini and the previous one they have done a good uh, I, I job. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They have done a good job of updating their products this since they basically realized they effed up and that they need to update their products more re- more frequently. Like they have updated the iPad basically like clockwork. The baseline iPad has been updated like clockwork over the last couple of years. The iPad Pros have been updated basically on like a 15-month cycle. That's on a regular cadence. The i the, the MacBooks have been updated much more regularly recently. All of their iMacs have been updated. They have a Mac Pro coming out for God's sakes. It does look like, honest to God, if you if you pay attention to how their updates have gone since like 2017, they have taken to heart that they need to update their shit, even if they don't have a meaningful update to give. <laughs> And I'm scared because I want to buy the 2019 or 2020 Mac Mini, and I swear to God, if it doesn't exist, lose my mind. I want to buy all of it. <laughs> the thing I I do want to buy a Mac Mini because I'm trying to learn programming, and I'm not going to publish an app on a Hackintosh. 
and I want to publish my apps. That's just wrong. It, it's, it, it can be done. There are crazy developers who do it, but I don't want to do it. <laughs> and I want to publish it on an i7 Mac Mini. And since the i7 Mac Mini has been out for almost a year, and there are new Intel processors that, that they could put in there, or there will be new processors probably by like June next year, that they should use that. And I don't want them to wait four years to update the damn Mac Mini again. Well, I'm pulling for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting on pins and needles over here. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so they didn't really announce almost anything else extraneous at this last event. And we'll see if they have another event this year. I kind of actually doubt it because really the only thing that they have to announce is a little bit more information about the Mac Pro. And theoretically, they could announce a new MacBook Pro with a new keyboard and a new screen and a new body size and whatnot. But that also seems like a lot of wish casting and there has not been a single photo of it yet either. So... That does that doesn't lead credence to having a October event, but the hmm. general gist right now is that there's supposed to be an Apple event in October about Pro featured products, possibly an iPad Pro, possibly a MacBook Pro. Definitely yeah. talking yeah. about the Mac Pro, but yeah. Granted, I don't spend a lot of time or as much as you in the Apple event yeah. scheduling. Yeah, I uh, was thinking that there was going to be one in October just based on what I've been seeing, but uh, yeah. I'll defer to you on that one. The general understanding is that there will be one. And if I if a gun was pointed to my head right now, I would say there will be one based off of a lot of other smart people saying there will be one, but I have doubts about it. So I, I don't know why this is a life or death situation. Someone's making you say there's going to be an event or not, but I find myself in really weird situations sometimes. <laughs> okay, that is the Apple event. Do you have any final thoughts on the Apple event? I've talked a lot. I'm sorry. I mean, nothing that's <laughs> really. No, I mean you know you know a lot more about the Apple. I, I think it was overall a fairly boring affair. Yeah, it was. Which I was maybe a little surprised about, even as someone who doesn't own a lot of Apple devices. Yeah, it was a little boring. The iPhone event last year was honestly a little boring too. The October event was actually way more exciting last year. So, yeah, it, this this was a this was definitely a boring event. Next year's September event probably will be more interesting than this one. So, and you know, we talked a lot about it. So, <laughs> so thanks for chatting. Um, this is the uh, active discourse episode about the Apple event in twenty. 19 uh, if you would like to share feedback about our show i'd love to hear it i'd absolutely love to hear any feedback any follow-up anything that i said wrong anything that Bo might have said right whatever you want to say um, right now we uh, collect feedback through email feel free to email us at seek and define all one word at gmail.com that is in the show notes and until next time say goodbye Bo. bye bye <laughs> thanks everybody <laughs>